You're watching the Tesla Life live with your host, Mark Cullen. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tesla Life number 273. Here we are on the 28th of September, 2022. Welcome to the show. And hello to Derek and Hockey Day, the first ones in the chat room that have joined us today. But uh, let's start off with some intros. We got our announcer, Mr. Patrick Connor, joining us from the West Coast. How are you today, sir? Oh, Patrick, can you hear me? Well, he did say no sound, and, and I had this YouTube in the background, so I was like, everything was like in a slight delay. Okay, so fun. Patrick's Patrick's <laughs> running with no sound, but Casey well, we, can hear well, we us. Can hear him. today, sir? I'm doing well. I'm coming to you from space. 10%. 10% of my packets are coming through uh, Starlink. Because You're of the breathing Starlink. quite normally from being in space. <laughs> right. 10% uh, of my packets are coming from the uh, the Starlink high-performance dish out back. And uh, it's looking into a tree and some clouds right now. Okay. So it's, it's doing surprisingly well, considering that it's looking into a tree and some clouds. <laughs> Very good. So, yeah. um, so you've got the, the new... The new dish, uh, the bigger dish, right? Yes, uh, yes. Yeah. So um, is, is that is that square or is it it's um, nearly rectangular? Square. It's nearly square. I think it's, it's two nearly square. or four inches short of square, but it's it's definitely almost two uh, two times the size of the, the regular one. Yeah. Uh, I said, whoa. <laughs> yeah, so it's rather large. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost, almost two feet square. Okay. And do you have it... Um, do you have it mounted outside the house, or do you have it inside the house pointing at a window? Oh, it only works outside the house, because it needs... Uh, this one, I think, has got 150-degree uh, field of view, whereas the regular one's got a 100-degree field of view. So ah. it's, it's on one of the uh, the gate posts. Uh, I could have put it on, on the fence post, but the lag bolt they gave me was like that. So I was like, mm. So I put it on the uh, on the gate post, because it, it it didn't go all the way through on that one. <laughs> right, right. Oh, you want to be want to be safe that it's secured nicely. Yes, exactly. Especially Indeed. since now now we've got a big white square hanging up above the uh, the fence line, and the neighbors can see it without looking down on their windows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if Patrick can hear us or not. Um, I can. I, we'll... I can finally oh, hear you now. We heard you in your intro. He's back. Yeah, your your intro got a little <laughs> bit choppy, but uh, how are you today, Patrick? How are things on the West Coast? I'm I'm good. It's a rainy fall day here in Oregon. So it's a uh, summer's over. Yes, it is. Uh, fall is here. <laughs> Sun's already going down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, summer's gone, my friends. Uh, here we are at the end of September. Uh, October is going to be Saturday. So, uh, guess what? Uh, we're heading into the winter season. Yep. Unfortunately or fortunately, depending on which which way you're looking at it. <laughs> depending on how you feel about pumpkin latte. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very good. All right. Well, let's get right to it. Um, let's talk uh, some stories that we picked up this week. Uh, first one we're going to talk a little bit about is about this article that has come to us uh, from Tesla Rati. Um, Superchargers are dwarfing competitors in size and cost efficiencies. So uh, we have heard different aspects of this story over the past couple weeks. 
we know, for example, that Tesla had bid on some uh, charger installs for the state of Texas. And mm -hmm. uh, there was a, a publishing of the amount of money that they were charging for their 250, 250 uh, volt uh, chargers. And that amount was surprisingly low compared to the other bids that came in from other um, uh, charger groups. So uh, Tesla was bidding around $43,000 per stall. And the other groups uh, were pushing over $130,000. So uh, we, had, um, we had basically a, almost a three to one uh, price point. Uh, and the surprising thing that we found a couple of weeks ago was that Tesla's bid was not even accepted at the lower amount. Uh, the state decided to go with the higher priced uh, infrastructure. And it's company. so cheap, it's got to be a scam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, you know, it's, they're like, well, has Tesla ever installed a supercharger? I don't think so. There's no point in risking it. You know, let, let's make sure that uh, they can actually do what they say they can do. So we'll go with another company that has the largest mm, installer in the world. They, yeah, they don't we, have any experience in this. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, this know, I, I've never seen a Tesla supercharger installed <laughs> anywhere in the world. So I'm not uh, I'm not risking our state money on that. So, uh, yeah, sounds like a bit of a whitewash there with uh, with the amount of money spent on this. A bit of a white elephant, that is. Uh and then, of course, uh, as we've seen over the past couple of weeks as well, the continual drumbeat of new superchargers opening and increased sizes of superchargers, in some cases, world-setting amounts uh, in California, mm -hmm. Arizona, uh, has all contributed uh, to this, this article uh, indicating how Tesla is really running away with the uh, fast charger crown uh, as they put out multiple sites with uh, uh, breakneck speed, cheaper amounts, and actually more uh, stalls uh, per location. And, uh, and then on top of that, in some cases, announcing solar and backup uh, for uh, some of these uh, sites. Obviously, we'd like them all to be that way, but you've got to start mm -hmm. somewhere. So they are starting to do this. Uh, collecting uh, some sunshine, putting it into a battery bank, uh, and allowing that battery bank to sh shave off the uh, peak uh, charges uh, that that uh, charger may be pulling from that local utility. Uh, having some some extra energy stored in a battery uh, allows them to do that. So uh, again, I I don't see Tesla slowing down here at all. Uh, we we've heard about. The next uh, version of supercharger coming. Uh, we've heard about the different uh, the, the opening of the supercharger network to other electric vehicles. All this is happening all at the same time, and uh, it's kind of exciting to watch here from the sidelines. I'd say the only real disadvantage they have to the competition right at the moment is they don't have an 800 volt architecture available for the non-Teslas to charge on. And from my understanding that none of the non-Teslas have plug-in charge yet. Um, once they get those two things in, I don't see the competition being able to point and say, oh, yeah, they can't do this. We're faster. We're cheaper. Well, they could probably say we're cheaper. Uh, but uh, they would be probably doing a loss leader thing to get that to happen. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I mean, yeah, everybody else can have solar. But how many of them actually have batteries? And the ones that do, how many of them are not Tesla batteries? <laughs> how, many, yeah, how many of them are, are Tesla Megapacks? 
A lot of them have mega packs. It's like exactly all right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So this is uh, again, uh, this is kind of something that we're watching in real time, uh, and uh, the uh, as one of our stories a little bit later today uh, has indicated, uh, as as the U.S. infrastructure for charging continues to grow out, um, I think Tesla is going to be playing a larger and larger role. Although probably not in Texas, uh, based on what we mm. saw previously. But uh, let's hope that the other states uh, realize what Tesla has been doing, the price points they're offering, and the uh, the type of response uh, they can provide uh, for the charging network, how quickly they can put an actual uh, supercharger up in play. Uh, and all the components are made right here in North America. So uh, they're pulling them from their Buffalo plant. Um, yeah. So uh, this another another plus. Uh, American jobs uh, are being used to produce these and install them. So, yeah. Buffalo and Sparks. I don't know how Sparks got back into superchargers after it went to New York, but they did. Uh, yeah. Unless, unless this is like their, their their plan is like every supercharger has a pair, and uh, just in case something happens, we got we got you covered. Mm-hmm. We can run on one leg if we got to. Um, right. Uh, Ludwig, uh, Derek Ludwig says, uh, as you know, California pulled up to stop stoplight yesterday. Three line. <laughs> That's awesome. Felt like small army. Um, that's that's incredible. Uh, you you brought up you brought up Tesla and over Tesla Texas, and, and I still I'm just dumbfounded. Like you know, hey, come to Texas. We want you. We want you. oh, but we don't want you to actually do any work. We just want your money. <laughs> we want your jobs. We, we don't want we jobs. don't want you to we don't want you to sell cars. We don't want you to sell it to Texans. We don't right. want you, you know we don't we don't want to uh, we don't want you to uh, we don't want to spend any money buying your chargers it's 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 a crazy situation is it not like we, we right, see right. this oh and if you want if you want to help us shore up our rickety power yeah. grid you're gonna to have to do it under another company name that's <laughs> uh, that's amazing and we have one of those stories coming up uh today as well we got a ton of stuff to get to that kind of all circles around this all right well let's move on to the next story and it kind of double dovetails into this as well and this of course is uh is uh tesla energy um We've heard that um, that uh, Gigafactory uh, Nevada uh, has now started to push out greater number of, of megapacks uh, to uh, Tesla Energy to sell. And this is another story about a, a, a new battery project, this one in New Mexico, that has begun to take shape. Uh, that... Uh, Again, uh, Casey and I were talking just before the show. I didn't even know this existed. Uh, this was a bit of a surprise. Yeah. And a lot of the mega pack stuff seems to be surprises. They're, they're working it within their own little circles with utilities and others. Uh, and these things just seem to pop up every once in a while. Um, oh, you, but, oh, you need uh, 300 mega packs? I got a field of 1,000. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> They, uh, they've got them out back where the wild horses run around them. So there's lots of room and there's lots of packs and they're just moving them along. They're out there so, seasoning uh, like, hey. And, and, and in New Mexico, you know, just a short drive uh, from, uh, from Sparks, oh, yeah. uh, Nevada, mm-hmm. uh, to move uh, those units down there. And, of course, they're all designed to run as basically trailers on a semi-truck. So easy to transport, follow the roadway system, drop them off with a crane, uh, put them on a cement pad, uh, set them up, and uh, hook them to an energy source, and they start working for you immediately. I wonder if working with the utilities is working as, is as bad as working with the governments, and perhaps those aren't 
you know, like surplus and they aren't seasoning, but they're really just giving them free storage as part of their contract until until they're ready to get installed. Sorry. Oh, you need 300 of them? Oh, and you don't have a place to put them until they're ready? Okay, we'll, we'll hold them for you out in the desert. And then you say when, we'll throw them all on the trucks and, and we'll pop them in. Yeah. Well, but, I got to believe it's a little engine. bit easier working with utilities because utilities are going to make money on this. It's true. <laughs> based on the speed that they're able to shave the peaks off of energy usage and uh, live level out the grid. So yeah. uh, this got with, paperwork and permits. Yeah. And... So all this, all this is leading up to uh, a utility being able to to make money in milliseconds uh, based yes. on being able to uh, shave and to add load and take away load from the grid. So I can imagine that's it's going to be a big plus for them over time. And maybe that's the thing with Texas as well. We know that Tesla in that unregulated environment is setting up their own energy company that's going to run in Texas. So mm -hmm. uh, maybe Tesla will have the last laugh as they start to take over the grid there um, to be able to make that money themselves uh, with the power of their uh, their auto bidder software and the uh, battery packs that they're deploying. Yep. So we shall see. We shall see. Yeah, that one is especially interesting because in other situations, Tesla's selling the batteries to the utilities and the utilities yeah. get to play those games. Now Tesla gets to do it directly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because I think the one in Australia, they're just kind of operating it for for that that provider, and then this one, it's them directly as you know Tesla Energy, and then whatever subsidiary company was the one that was doing the install, but was still actually mm -hmm. Tesla. And, right. and remember, Tesla had already installed one of those um, one of those mega pack uh, systems, a smaller one uh, yeah. outside of Austin. So they've been playing with it and understanding how it's going to interact with the current utility or deregulated de utility there in texas so mm -hmm. i'm sure they're racking up the experience uh as time goes along here and uh bigger installations are probably uh in play next story this friday is going to be ai day two so uh we've got all sorts of speculation is that the journeyman project <laughs> I don't know. It's it just looks like the how we... guy who picks you up by your nose if you if you go down the wrong hallway and don't move. <laughs> it's, it's how we don't want AI day to turn out. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, we don't want to be worshiping our overlords at the end of AI day two uh, on the thirtieth, uh, which is this Friday. But um, all sorts of rumors swirling about what we're going to see. Um, what kind of uh, Tesla bot action we may see, uh, what type of, of uh, I guess, uh, future endeavors uh, Tesla is going to be laying out for us. We've heard rumors about, you know, Tesla being the first use of their, their uh, Tesla bot uh, in factory settings. Uh, we've heard about it doing just even mundane tasks of moving boxes or parts around uh, all the way to the, of maybe doing some assembly um, of different uh, subparts, uh, but uh, it's all speculation at this point. And of course, what we saw in the original Tesla bot unveil uh, quite some time ago was just you know a mannequin and a person dressed up as one. So uh, they've got uh, certainly a, a lot they can fill in for us uh, that they've been looking at now for over these months. Uh, the um, 
the logo that they show with the, with the, the hands making a heart uh, kind of leads us to believe that maybe it's going to be some showing us some some fine motor skills, uh, maybe of a hand and fingers, uh, wrists, arms, that nature seems uh, something that they're pointing us to, at least in the, uh, at least in the invites. Uh, but um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, this is going to be another um, probably detailed, um, I guess, uh, outline of where they're going. And of course, it's also going to be uh, designed to bring employees in. Uh, they're going to right. want to have employees have interest in what Tesla's doing. And uh, they're looking for new software engineers uh, all over the place uh, in order to speed this process along. So uh, that it, it's going to be a, a probably a very technically uh, dense uh, presentation uh, because they're definitely reaching out uh, to those software engineers and engineers in general uh, that they're, they need for the production of this robot. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen. Right. It's or, primarily a recruiting of an, an event for, yeah. and, uh, so yeah, don't expect it to be, uh, tailored to people who aren't technical or to, uh, investors or any of that. It's going to be, uh, we, and we saw this last year, um, the market didn't understand that event at all. They were so confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was not good for the stock. <laughs> it was not. Right. I expect a repeat. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised uh, because the, you know, Wall Street t tends to miss these things all, you know, by a wide margin. Uh, Even it if just they had a... To be that, that, you know, they, they would much rather hear, well, what are, what is, uh, what is production numbers of the uh, right. the Model Three and Y, and uh, how Shanghai a... Shanghai doing? Or, uh, yeah. What's the uh, what's the fourth line looking like? Are you thinking about putting a, <laughs> a, a third line in in Berlin? Like that's what they want to hear. But even uh, at right. an event that has nothing to do with it, like they can't stay yeah, on top. Yeah. <laughs> it's got uh, nothing to do with it. But 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 Wall Street has got blinders on. They're they short sighted. Do. They're looking for They're next three quarter. three months sighted. Right. How many? How many looking for next quarter? How many? You know, and that's right. And and I'm I'm convinced that that most Wall Street analysts don't even believe that there's going to be a robot. Well, I, here's I, the thing. I bet you I bet you they can have a fully functional mm -hmm. alpha robot up there. That, that's that's just, the only thing's missing is getting the software to just do whatever it's supposed to actually be able to do out of the box. Like it can move. It's got the dexterity. It can walk around, and then they will still pan this thing and thrash the stock. Like, oh well, they've got all this stuff, but it's not ready yet. And they've got these perfectly functional X Men robots because you know all the ones in Fremont are named after X Men. Uh, why don't they just use those good old-fashioned industrial robots that they buy from somebody else instead of building their own? They can't even lift a whole car. They only got a hundred-pound limit. <laughs> yeah, right. Without without thinking, what oh, what could you do with this new tool? <laughs> no, there's there's no visionaries in Wall Street. <laughs> I'm also looking right. forward to smarter summon. Smarter summon. That's right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I could care a little bit less about the new FSD smart summon plus. We're gonna get those anyway, but 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 smart <laughs> smart summon plus smarter summon. Uh, that's something that's been a long time coming, and uh, and it sounds like it'd be kind of just released to everybody rather than like, oh well, uh, we're gonna send it to the safest drivers first, <laughs> an elite crew, a thousand people. I have to say, I've been driving with uh, ten dot sixty nine dot two dot two recently, and I love it. It is uh, there's just a lot of little things it's mm -hmm. finally getting right. Like in my neighborhood, it used to drive in the middle of the road even though it's there's traffic in both directions. Well, now it tends to go to the right. And then yeah. <laughs> there's there's an unprotected left out of my neighborhood. 
And I was just never comfortable letting it do that before. But now that it has the, the creep wall, I see where it's going to go. So when it starts creeping into the intersection, I know if it's going to stop at that spot. Where before I wasn't sure if it was going to go. And the lane? And the car's coming. <laughs> and my, yeah. And so just a lot of little things that are just so much better. And I'm just more comfortable with it. And I'm still very vigilant. I almost got hit last night. Um, uh, uh, FSD was driving. And uh, I got into a right turn lane. Uh, my light was green, so it was going, and someone ran the red light and was coming right at me. And um, I don't know if the car saw – I hit the brake, and uh, I, I was, like, curious what it would do, but I'm not going to find out the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> <hit> the brake. <laughs> Smart and, move. And part, yeah, thank you. Yeah, And, and part, part of the reason I was able to see it is because I was using FSD, and it, it allowed, instead of just me trying to figure out, like, you know, what's right in front of me, I, I'm able to pay – more especially wear attention. So this car was coming like over my left shoulder and I was able to see the light and look and, and hit the brake. Uh, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's getting there and it's, it's going to be surprising one day we'll be like, well, of course this is how all cars should just drive themselves. The same way we don't question, you know, elevators. Uh, yeah. Why isn't there a person driving this? No, we just push a button and it does it. And it'd be, it, we'd be, Crazy to think of it should be any other way. It's going to happen with cars. Yeah, our biggest complaint with elevators are the ones that are in poor maintenance and the ones where they've chosen a different iconology to describe what the buttons do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you need that to be standard for sure. Yes. Well, I mean, but they're not. It's, it's so <laughs> frustrating. <laughs> um, so far for me, the the uh, it hasn't been as nice as as Elon and and the West Coast crew have have described. But it's it's the best one yet. It's smooth. It's uh, more uh, sure of itself. It still makes lots mm -hmm. of little mistakes. It's it's not touchless for me. Um, in fact, I haven't had a touchless drive yet. Uh, <laughs> I did I did have a couple with two versions ago and one with one version ago. So I know it can do it, but. Uh, my, my biggest thing right now is it, it's gone back to picking the wrong lanes to do stuff again. So. Oh, that's uh, too bad. I had a fun one where uh, there's this guy who's doing like 20 under the speed limit. I think we were coming up to an off-ramp, or an on-ramp, actually, uh, getting off the, the, the surface street, getting onto the freeway, and the car did what I would do and tried to pass him, but the car did it in a shorter span, and so it missed the exit. <laughs> oh, no. And it, 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 took, it, it took the cloverleaf and, 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 and fixed it, but Nice, I, but I was so used to like uh, this time we needed to go south, and I always go north at that particular exit, and so I didn't even catch that it had messed up until I was like, "Wait a minute, we can't get there from here." And then I saw the screen. <laughs> it's like, "Yeah, I already got this. Don't worry about it. <laughs> go to sleep, Trevor. I'll get a fix." <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Cool. Next story, Casey's got a story about a filmmaker that wants to spread some fud. What's he does. About? He's reaching out to find um, influencers who are willing to take $100 to bash Elon and Tesla. Um, any influencer that would be willing to do this for $100 that isn't already bashing Tesla and Elon uh, uh, isn't willing to... Either they're, either they're a young child that doesn't understand money or, or they are <laughs> just willing to sell their soul for anything. Because a hundred dollars, yeah, flush your <laughs> reputation for a hundred bucks, <laughs> right? I mean, wow. uh, all the all the folks I follow, even the ones that don't like Tesla, uh, if they if, if they, they you would offer them a hundred dollars and they would tell you to go shut the door and don't come back. 
but uh, so they want you to say how unsafe uh, FSD is and, and how um, what they say, how how ludicrous mode makes it so you don't pay attention, which is just stupid as hell. Because when I'm doing 0 to 60 in 2.8 or 2.2 seconds, depending on which car we're talking about, yeah, the last thing I want to do is, is be putting on makeup or eating a, eating a burger. <laughs> You don't see a lot of uh, distracted driving at the track. You need two hands for that. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, it doesn't have much torque steer, but sometimes it does. And, and you want to be ready just in case some stuff happens because uh, you don't have a lot of time to react. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and and then the other the other bit of it is, is um, my argument was they must not have noticed the million plus cars that Tesla has with external cameras and internal cameras that are facing the driver. And, and, and you don't even have to be in the beta for if you try to touch the cell phone or, or stay looking out the window too long or something, where the car will start chastising you and start trying to turn off the features. Red hands, pay attention. Oh, you're you're in autopilot jail. You gotta you gotta you can't use this again until your next drive. That's that's in the stock firmware. You don't even have to be in the beta to to get punished like that if it sees you, and it's sure that you're not paying attention to the road. This is. Uh... This is kind of, is, is this just a young filmmaker trying to make a name for themselves? We, like, we don't know. Just, it's, it's probably somebody who works for Dan O'Dowd for all we know. Yeah, that could be it too, couldn't it? Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, or maybe uh, AXA Insurance. Who knows? Uh, we've got <laughs> quite a few people that uh, are a little bit uh, out to lunch uh, when it comes to uh, what Tesla is doing and how safe the cars actually are. So uh, this is... Uh, you know, the, this FUD, uh, fear, uncertainty, doubt, uh, is something that uh, Tesla has faced uh, since its inception. Um, well, actually, not its inception. Since they started to be successful, that's when the fear, uncertainty, and doubt started to be spread a lot. Oh, I'd say they, they, before, they, that, before that, yeah. But th- that might have yeah. been a little rubbing off on them because they were making electric cars. But definitely once they got successful, they got some of their own. This is just for Tesla. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So with all of these... Um, you can have people saying some anecdote about whether they thought it was safe or not safe, but show the data. There are enough Teslas out on the road today that there's a statistically significant number of incidents. Show me where Teslas are less safe, where they cause more accidents or crashes, any of this. And you can't because it's not true. They don't. Right. So to say, oh, this this is causing all kinds of safety problems. If if it were, there would be data to show it. And you know it, that all the Tesla haters will be touting it out every time. Right. And it was, what, two weeks ago that the Japanese uh, crash test came out? And uh, we can see clearly that the, child, that the child mannequin isn't run over by the Tesla? Yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, I, I, would, I would trust no, the government... It's, it's... And as Patrick was mentioning, show the data. Mm -hmm. Some of these groups are trying to show the data, data, but they're blocking the bottom part of the screen. Or they're not showing all the data. Exactly. They're just showing a snippet of the data and saying, oh, look, there's a problem. When uh, really the car is warning them not to do these things. Uh, So Mm -hmm. it's, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'd it's, rather take uh, the word of a, of, a, of a government or insurance agent, uh, insurance agency that, that does this test 100 times a year uh, over some guy who, who is working for a competitor who tried to run for Congress on the platform of, uh, of crushing his competitor. It's, it's, there's bias right there, right up front, versus these guys, they just want to make a safe car. Um, and they, they, you know, they may have a little bit of bias in there, but they're not out there just to, to crush one company. Uh, they're they're out there to make sure that that your family comes out alive after after an incident. Yeah, we we've speculated about who's behind this, but I don't know uh, that 
we know yet. So um, well, that's we all know, just speculation. We right? know the front person is um, a company called Destructive Driving, Elizabeth Harris Coordinated. So that's as much as we know. So the rest of, assuming it was Dan or Dad or AXA or whoever, that's right. all Allegedly, yeah. We don't, so, we don't know yeah, other than yeah, Elizabeth yeah. Harris, who it really is. Yeah. Right. But it's probably not her. She's probably just the go-between and the probably a whole other company writes the check or gives you $100 into your PayPal account or something. Speculation, <laughs> but yes. yes. Yes, indeed. Next, uh, Casey's got an update for Starlink. Yeah. What's going on there? So um, when my dish was getting packaged, uh, it was just a couple days too early for the uh, one millionth Starlink dish that was uh, that was assembled and packaged and shipped out. So on uh, on Starlink dishes that were shipped out on Friday, uh, they one of them is number one million. And in your box, there's something a little special from from SpaceX. So is it a Willy Wonka chocolate? That's what I said on Sunday. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't get the golden ticket. In fact, I didn't even get the basic <laughs> the map the, the 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 Mars transfer orbit. Like that wasn't even on there. Like, Aww. Instead, I got the one telling you how to plug in the router. I'm like, could 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 you put the the on the back? I mean. Man, I, anyway. hope, I hope it was. I hope it was a great, good, great prize. Like if you opened it up and said, "Oh, one free trip on a Falcon 9. That would be sure. <laughs> you, you, you get to ride in the capsule. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, but hopefully we'll find out soon. And and if you're one of the people who recently ordered a Starlink and it's and it shipped out this week and you got it, then uh, you should probably, even if you Check don't plan box. to install it, even if you don't plan to install it, open the box, see what's in it, and and then you know put it back in the box if you were going to wait months and months to install this thing. Yeah, because you you could be the big winner. We got the ticket, Charlie. They got it. <laughs> yes, indeed. But one million—that's yeah. that's incredible. That's a lot yeah. of dishes. Um, it is. Obviously, they're um, uh, they're not all of them are weird nerds. Two of them a million yet. Uh, but um, when we see some of these installations happening on cruise liners, on airplanes, mm -hmm. uh, other places. There are multiple dishes, uh, especially on the cruise line. We're seeing like eight aside uh, right. to, uh, on, to on handle the, uh, the, the different sides of the ship and the yeah. way that uh, maybe it's uh, blocking the sun, the, uh, the the stacks and such uh, yeah. in certain configurations. Yeah. So the maritime and just the bandwidth with that many people on the ship. Yeah, that, that, that too. too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the maritime kits come with two active antennas, so uh, a lot of these cruise ships we're seeing anywhere from three to sixteen kits, <laughs> uh, and you only you only really need one for a smaller ship. But uh, but you know, with a cruise ship with seven thousand people on board, you know, you might you might want a couple more uh, when you when you're trying to divvy up uh, two hundred uh, uh, fifty megabits. Uh, they've just started to deploy uh, what appear to be prototypes or first releases of the uh, flat mount maritime kit so that would be the ones that don't have the the motor on them like the business kit and the other ones we've showed mm. you in the past uh the, the high performance kit is the same as a maritime uh version one and the business kit where it's just a, a v2 the square dish but it's actually more squared and and then we've got the uh the v2 dish and then we've got a bunch of the round dishes out there and uh some people like me have more than one on oh, the maritimes definitely they all have them in multiples of two but most normal people only have one and that's to get to a million is just incredible i think the airlines mm -hmm. only have one um in their kits as well i'd like to see a, a little video from starlink about um how they're working how they these units actually work in a plane where they place them uh are you know show them spinning in operation and such that'd be kind of cool to see uh how they're actually using them in an airplane yeah the airline we talked about last week uh, i think it was jax uh, jax 
Uh, yep. two, two of their birds have Starlink installed on them. One of them just got a new uh, wrap job. Uh, it's got Starlink and SpaceX uh, Mars transfer orbit on, on the tail. And, um, and of course, their name, because you know, you're getting on the right plane. Because they bought it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, so they've got one active, and they're, it, it's not selling the service to customers yet, but they are running test equipment. And then the other bird, we don't know if it's got the wrap yet or not, but it also, uh, when it does fly, it's not in any regular surface. When it flies, it's, it's testing out as well. So I expect that uh, just like we saw somebody did the test on the cruise ship last week, we might see uh, very soon, we might see somebody on this airline uh, do a speed test and say, hey, this is what we got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be cool to see in action. Uh, next, Patrick's got a story. Talk about down to earth. Uh, in a in a community, what's going on there? Yeah. Ah, is this the uh, Austin one? Yeah. Yes, it is. Is that what you'd like to talk about? Easton okay. Easton I... Parks or Easton? Yes. Um, I'm I'm sure I have this here somewhere. <laughs> um, there it is. Yes, the Easton neighborhood is uh, a Tesla neighborhood. It's got Tesla solar roof and power walls and this is about 12,000 new homes and uh what a cool community in that all the homes have solar all the homes have batteries uh tesla had stopped their uh installations for a while and now they're focusing on new installations like this so not retrofits but uh new construction it's an important market casey had you talked about how uh um Early on, it wasn't real easy to get that because the developers aren't tied in with Tesla and they uh, want to be able to install their normal roofs. But now that's all getting worked through. And uh, so a neighborhood like this, I, I just hope to see more of these where you've got the sun actually being utilized in and anywhere in the Southwest, you've got lots of sun. So uh, it, it should definitely be part of the solution. And uh, this neighborhood looks like it's going to be uh, really uh, a neat place. So yeah, just uh, in the Austin area, right, is yeah. where it's yes. based. Right. And, uh, of course, that's, you know, Tesla headquarters now. Uh, but uh, mm -hmm. what, what, I, what I think is interesting here is uh, a person commented on purchasing the Tesla option, which would be one or multiple power walls, depending on the customer's requirements or needs as well as the uh, the Tesla solar roof. Uh, and they indicated that when they looked at the price of a regular roof and compared it to a new construction of the solar roof, he thought it was, it was uh, very economical uh, to take the solar option uh, because, of course, the solar is going to generate energy for the house, become mm -hmm. uh, near net zero or, or uh, you know, just close to it. Uh, whereas uh, the house also with power walls could also be enrolled in the uh, the energy PCP. saving system for the utility or for Tesla yeah. uh, to become mm -hmm. a, a virtual uh, power plant uh, with the other locate the other uh, homes in the area. So imagine that twelve thousand homes signed up to that and become a virtual power plant uh, in that neighborhood to help supply the city of Austin. Uh, when it needs uh, some some peak shaving or additions, uh, depending on what's going on with the energy supply for the grid. Yeah, if that's the same guy that I read about, he also did a uh, just an off offhand quote um, to see how much it would be to get the solar roof retrofit onto a regular house of his exact same 
uh, installation, and he said it was like it was it was a it was a no brainer basically. He's like, yeah, this yeah. is, this well, is a good the deal. Other thing, the other thing with new construction is that the house plans can be designed for solar. Yeah. They can mm -hmm. they can design it that you know what these homes are going to face south yeah. at a certain angle and degree so that it's going to maximize solar collection. Like, there's so many things that can be added to the pie when that house is being designed to sit on that lot and to have a certain solar power roof. Uh, you know all those all those efficiencies uh, start to roll in and save the the homeowner money on energy. Uh, as well as uh, being able to participate in in having a, a solar roof and collect energy for yourself as a backup and become part of a virtual power wall like it's 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 I'm sorry virtual power plant it, it it's win-win across the board I would love more communities uh, and even even without Tesla solar roofs if they had to be the old panels even that mm -hmm. uh, with a power wall it, these these should be options that homeowners can buy into from new uh, because it, yes. so many more people would accept it and, and say, oh, well, you're already experienced in doing this and it costs just X amount more. And here's my 20 year layout of the energy I'm going to save with those panels installed. It's a no brainer. People would invest the extra money to have those uh, additions uh, to their home. I know I would. Uh, definitely, if I was buying a new home, it would it would be it would be a no brainer, uh, especially if they're all designed and you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to get a separate contractor. You don't have to worry about any of the uh, fights between the, the the current home builder and the one that wants to put solar on the roof. Like it, it's a, it's a huge win uh, to have these things available uh, right on purchase. One thing that concerns me is uh, I did a little bit of uh, of house shopping. Where, uh, where they have a package that they can put on. It's very much the way that the automakers have packages. Mm -hmm. And they're like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, you get four kilowatts. It's like, well, I'm a heavy electric user, so can I get 12 kilowatts? No, no, we don't offer that. So I'm no, wondering... lame. Right, so I'm wondering with the solar roof, uh, they can, they can kind of add more to it, but like, do you get to pick the size of the, of the active panels, or do they only give you five kilowatts, and then you got to then pay Tesla to rip them back up again and put active panels in, or...? The article didn't specifically didn't outline say, yeah. that, uh, but it did mm -hmm. indicate that that the homeowner could choose different power wall options. Yeah. So you yeah. could, you I think could they depending have, on your use, like you, a could and B. Have, yeah. you could have one, you could have three. Like it, it really depended on what what you wanted to collect. Yeah. Um, and and I gotta believe that um, uh, there's a, there's a zero net zero community here in London, Ontario, close to where I am, about an hour away. Yeah. And I know that when you are buying a house there they take into consideration do you oh, cool. own an electric car what yeah. is the roof uh square footage on the roof of the home you're choosing oh well if you get an electric car we'll probably put extra panels onto the garage portion of the house as well as the main part of the house so i i gotta believe and especially this is tesla doing this yeah I, I would have to believe that they're covering those bases that if okay. you if you use a lot of electricity you can double up or you know maybe 50 percent add uh, to this solar uh, footprint of that house okay so if they go the the the, the right sizing approach then we know you're good and if they go with mm -hmm. the package a or package b plan then then we know they're covered like 80 to 90 percent of the people out there and then just weird people like 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 i can us. understand in your example casey <laughs> yeah. that there may be there may be a roof uh space issue where you're a heavy user mm -hmm. i've got three electric cars right but yet my <laughs> roof space is not big enough to handle all of that you know maybe right. they could say well 
that's not going to work on this. Uh, but if you go to this model, uh, you would have more roof space and we'd be able to cover more of your electric needs. So hopefully that type of thing is going on uh, when someone is uh, lining up to purchase one of these places. You happen to have a home studio. Do you work from home? <laughs> do you have an EV? <laughs> and how much do you cook? <laughs> Exactly. Right, and, and this is this is Austin, and so I mean Texas. We've covered many times how their grid goes out in the summer, their grid goes out in the winter. So uh, <laughs> having your own solar and batteries sounds like a really good idea. Yeah, it's probably even worth an extra power wall just yes. to, just mm -hmm. to have peace of mind. I only need two, but I'm um, in Texas. I'm taking three. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Or I only need one, but I'm gonna get two or three. <laughs> right. Exactly. Next, we're going underground. Casey's got a story about the Boring Company and what's going on again in Texas. You know, sometimes I just got to give you some boring stories, but <laughs> <laughs> this one's a little bit of a follow-up. No, no, not boring bonehead <laughs> questions. Uh, no, no, I'm not a stock investor like that. No, no, no. We're, we're talking about the Boring Company. So uh, back in January, we talked about how the Boring Company was trying to put twin tunnels under uh, Austin going to the airport. And uh, they had mm -hmm. offered between 27 million and 45 million of their own money to, to get phase one completed. And uh, there's been discussions and we haven't heard anything else about it since. Well, uh, just the other day, uh, Boring Company decided they were going to add an additional 15 million to the original proposal for a total of as much as $60 million for phase one. And that's uh, 60 million that isn't coming from taxpayers. So maybe yeah, that's so enough incentive. That, that would allow them to start actually. <laughs> doing a lot of the tunneling project, I would imagine, with $60 million. Um, oh, yes. Um, but they're looking for to get city approval, I guess, oh, yeah. in order to move forward. So this is like sweetening of the pot, right? To say, yeah. to say, listen, we'll, we'll cover these costs up front. Uh, you don't have to worry about any of it. Um, here's the actual contracted cost of the whole thing, but we're going to take care of the first $60 million ourselves to, to get yep. this project rolling quickly and efficiently. And you definitely need the government buy-in to be able to touch the airports. So, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, you do for all of it, but like it's even more sensitive there. So maybe this so they're they're push, they're pushing hard here, trying to trying to get obviously it started. Um, uh, the the boring company uh, having a, an example tunnel, a small one in uh, Hawthorne, and of course a much larger one in Las Vegas. Uh, would love to get a third one on the board. I'm sure. Um, and, and in this article, they also they also look forward uh, from just the downtown San Antonio to the airport. They talk about a, a really large project, which is from San Antonio all the way to Austin, 80 mm. miles of dual tunnel. Nice. Uh, and uh, their want uh, to follow the interstate uh, underground and uh, give uh, Texans the ability to travel in a tunnel system that 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 mirrors uh, the uh, interstate, but uh, of course would be at much higher speeds uh, because uh, they're in uh, lanes separated tunnels uh, with electric cars driving underground. So uh, better your fuel economy would be, and how many fewer crashes they'd have because there wouldn't be any. Uh... You know the machine would be driving instead of these meat bags. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I and I want I wonder like to this point all the talk about um, tunnels has been in automation of cars, right? That they're yeah. owned by Tesla mm -hmm. or by the sanctioning group that's going to run them, and they're the people are required to get in the vehicle, do the trip, get out of the vehicle. 
Um, in an 80-mile tunnel, I wonder if they would allow Teslas with autopilot uh, private cars to just hop in and uh, if they could be automated to that point, uh, that they could just be part of the system uh, and be So, like, uh, like you, you, you show up to a holding lot, you push your autopilot, and then when it's your turn, the car just shoots down. Exactly. Uh, I think that would be awesome. I wonder if that will happen. But, uh, again, we're waiting for the automation to happen. Uh, we're thinking Las Vegas is probably going to be the first one to, to get this um, because, of course, uh, that's going to reduce the cost in Las Vegas uh, for the system dramatically uh, when you don't need a bunch of uh, human pilots uh, to be available for these conventions. So uh, we're anxiously awaiting to see if that will happen. But it is curious that the boring company is pushing hard with the 60 million upfront amount uh, for San Antonio. I wonder if uh, if it's going to be close. If, if uh, San Antonio is 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 that going to be enough that extra 15 million to push them forward? I also wonder if if they if they continue with the current setup where you got to get into a boring company car. I wonder if that has something to do with why they uh, you can't buy any releases out anymore. Not not just the the three and the Y, but the S and the X can't buy them either. It's like we need all the cars back <laughs> to to get a reasonable turnaround time on an eighty mile tunnel. You're gonna have to have a lot of cars on both ends. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, you can't just have one car that goes there back and loops. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Next car is in half a day. Right, you're gonna, you're gonna need more than thirty, <laughs> but but like I said, if you can if you can pull up to a, like a holding cell and then your car just does it on its own, that would be that would be ideal. And if you don't have right. a car, then you could just you know give them five dollars and then ride in their car. Right, right, right. Next story: Fremont Factory. Guess what? It's the end of the quarter, and it's another yes. end of the quarter push. Who could have so, guessed? Uh, we we, we <laughs> had right. said that this, this was going to be a thing of the past. but We didn't say. Elon said was, it. None of us believed was, him. There was one <laughs> right. quarter that it wasn't really pushed. And then since then, it's been nothing but push because we've had issues with the supply chain. There has been issues across the world with the supply chain. And now uh, Tesla is warning their workers that it's going to be a couple of late days as we approach the end of September. Uh, so uh, probably right now, uh, we've got a bunch of uh, Tesla uh, employees that normally don't uh, help uh, push cars out or uh, talk to uh, to uh, customers in lots. Uh, but that's probably going on right now as uh, we push everybody for the close uh, uh, for the close the closing uh, days of this quarter. Everybody. We've had Franz. We've had Elon's mom. Um, we've had May Musk out there. <laughs> we've had um, mechanics, actual mechanics that are supposed to fix your car. Like after the PDIs are done, they're going to move move from the back of the house to the front of the house. Hey, here's how you work your car. Have a nice day. <laughs> and uh, the, there was a contingent of people they moved from sales to service. There was a there was an old thing, but oh, they don't have training. But obviously, you know, if, if somebody is isn't at all trained, they're not touching the car. They might be working the uh, the app or. We're reading some codes to, to the guy who does turn the wrenches because uh, Tesla's not going to take on that liability to have untrained people working on your car. But those people are back in sales now too because uh, <laughs> all hands on deck. Um, I bet you even the guy who does the, like the uh, makes you know pours the cereal in the bowl for their their free cereals he's he's probably like uh, <laughs> I would say chef, but this is an Amazon. Uh, <laughs> uh, but whoever's in those roles, they are also out front delivering cars like. It's it's uh they they like like Mark said you know there was one quarter where they didn't really push it too hard but even then they were still like it was an end of quarter uh 
light push. And then they went back to just the regular business as usual, just all hands on deck, just mad dash. Uh, hope you survive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hope you survive. <laughs> Nothing motivates it's, people like deadlines. So right. this makes sense to, to get people moving uh, toward that goal. And this is really how startups operate. If you have a goal, you have everybody swarm on it to get that thing done. And yep. Tesla is no longer a startup, but they still have that culture, which is one of the reasons they're so effective. Hopefully the AI team either finished their, their work before they got pulled onto the line or they were exempt because uh, I, I want that smarter summon. <laughs> the summon plus Smart i'm curious summon. what next next quarter is Smart probably gonna be, exactly next quarter is probably gonna be even worse than this because it's a year-end quarter end year uh -huh. yes yeah yeah and they want to uh they want to impress uh and hit those numbers uh to uh end out the year so uh so fourth quarter push begins sunday <laughs> so get ready tesla employees it's it's going to be a wild one for sure. It's going, to be, it's going to be even more hard because you've got a couple of cars that qualify for the um, the incentives that start next year, and they'll be you know they'll have people on the phone trying to convince you to pick it up now. Like, hey, yeah, mm. do you want to risk uh, us raising your price before the the uh, situation happens? <laughs> do you want to go to the back of the line because like they 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 switched it right now. Like they used to be able to kind of just hold and hold and hold. Uh, now. If you hold too many times, they just take your money and say, "All right, get in the back of the line." Not, not, not your like order fee of five thousand dollars, but your 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 um, deposit fee of uh, up to a hundred dollars yeah. or five hundred dollars, depending on what car you're ordering. Yeah. Next, we got a story out of Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, the Tesla paparazzi uh, came up with this photo of a <laughs> Tesla semi uh, that. Um, uh, apparently has been used in a uh, runoff road uh, test uh, somewhere near Louisville and then loaded onto this trailer. Uh, but um, uh, an off-ramp road test, uh, for those who don't know, uh, when you've got an interstate uh, that runs uh, through, say, some hilly areas or mountains, uh, you've got a breakdown lane uh, sometimes on the uh, descent uh, of a mountain that goes off to the side and they fill it with different uh, varieties of gravel and, and, and dirt to slow a vehicle down. So when you go into this breakdown lane, if the truck has no brakes, it starts to plow its way through the dirt and gravel, slows the vehicle down naturally as it starts to go up the hill again and eventually will bring it to a safe stop. Um, uh, and of course, uh, these are all throughout the U.S. and Canada, uh, these breakdown lanes uh, for uh, tractor trailers that are running the mountains or large hills uh, just uh, as that safety feature. So it looks like the semi is going through some of these testing uh, in these breakdown lanes uh, to see how effective or how the electric motor handles uh, that type of abuse uh, in those lanes. And of course, as we know, um, with a trailer and such, you've got that extra weight behind you, pushing mm -hmm. uh, the vehicle even harder. Uh, and of course, uh, Tesla has indicated that the semi will not have to worry about uh, jackknifing, which when the trailer starts to go sideways uh, behind a tractor trailer. Uh, so some of that testing is probably being done here as well. I mean, you can't get over physics, but uh, there is some stuff they can do to catch it before it gets out of hand. Um, I, I like mm -hmm. that they that their safety culture that they have on the passenger cars is, is translating into the to the commercial vehicles. Um, 
to do these breakdown tests uh, uh, is, is not cheap because uh, you've got all oh, the yeah. regular crash testing stuff, but then uh, the, the each of these lanes to, to repair it after you use it is anywhere from $5,000 to $100,000, depending on how much damage you do to the lane, how far up you go, and, and where it is and what the engineering is on it. Uh, and, and this is something that the, the Tesla Semi will need less than a regular Semi because they've got regen braking. They've got, um, mm -hmm. because they've got regen braking, their, their regular brakes are cooler. And uh, so it's a lot harder for them to lose the main brakes on top of you know, whatever region they've got. But yep. that safety culture says that, hey, you know, we don't just have to say, hey, we've got this and this is what we can do. But now we need to see, you know, uh, how much repairs is the vehicle going to need after the after the um, after the incident? Uh, is is the existing infrastructure enough to actually slow our vehicle down with a fully loaded trailer? Because remember, with the EV, you get an additional 2000 pound bonus of, of mm -hmm. carrying capacity. So they, they no one's done this before. And uh it's important to try it out and make sure in real life rather than just simulations. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. So uh, good to see that they're uh, they're progressing on this. Although it has been slow, hasn't it? We we still haven't seen that first semi delivered uh, to who we believe will either be PepsiCo or Frito Lay uh, in Modesto uh, because of the uh, chargers already set up there. But uh, still waiting. And that that poor Pepsi leader who said they were going to have it last year, boy, he's he's really eating crow uh, now. But it's almost been a year since he announced it was coming. So uh, we can't can't wait uh, till that vehicle actually goes into the hands of uh, uh, some companies, uh, so we can start seeing them on the roads. We've uh, we've seen some some movement in that area. Uh, the question is 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 what we've been seeing. Uh, sufficient uh, for them to do deliveries, or were those yet yet more internal? And because just because you've gone through everything you need to to make it for customer delivery doesn't mean they don't deliver them to Tesla Inc. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next case, you got a quick story about Shanghai. What's happening there? So Shanghai, uh, they have uh, increased their their output yet again, <laughs> and uh, so that's led to shorter delivery times in Australia. Uh, they've already got a thousand of them uh, delivered, just like that. Boom. And awesome. uh, yeah, they've got 11,000 more orders that were placed in the first week of the orders being available uh, alone. So they've, they've already made a dent in that. But uh, now what's going to happen is now that people see them on the road. Oh, what's that? Oh, can I sit in it? Oh, can I ride in it? Oh, I'm getting one of these. <laughs> so right. <it's... laughs> the more Tesla sells, the more Tesla sells. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good to see, though, that, um, again, Super Shanghai uh, just continues to uh, outperform. And, of course, uh, that's helping nations that they're shipping product to, in this case, Australia. So more model-wise, get out quicker. Uh, more shipments uh, we saw in earlier quarters. Uh, extra extra sh boat shipments of 5,000-plus vehicles uh, per boat uh, going out. So, uh, again, another, another plus for anyone that is in that region uh, ordering a, a vehicle. Wait times are down. Perfect. Yeah. Next, Patrick got a story about the entire U.S. and their charging infrastructure. That's right. So uh, this is coming to us from Tasmanian. U.S. Transportation Department approves EV charging plans covering 75,000 miles of roads. So if you are in uh, one of the 50 states, Washington, D.C., or Puerto Rico, your plan has been approved. And uh, I actually read the Oregon plan, and it was very thorough. 
it, it wasn't just looking at, oh, we'll put them every 40 or 50 miles on the interstates. It was looking at elevation changes, weather, population density. It was a very robust plan. And um, I also even sent in comment to our uh, uh, local Oregon Department of Transportation. Uh, Oregon is a weird state. We've got some liberal parts and some, and most of the states conservative. And so there were some people that were uh, talking about what a horrible plan this was. So I wanted to make sure the right voice was heard about how great this was. Uh, so uh, the White House has announced that it's approved 35 of 50 state plans. And that was in September. And now we get to say that they are all approved. So the cool thing is that every state is going to have some very particular distinct needs. And so the states, there was a guideline from the U.S. Department of, or of Transportation about what to consider, but the states got to make their own plans. And a lot of them looked at the, uh, they, they, they compared notes. This is not a, a test. You don't, you can cheat and look at and um, take all the good ideas someone else has, make your own. Uh, so uh, this is, let's see, uh, by the, the last line here is by 2030, President Joe Biden wants 50% of all new cars sold to be electric or plug-in hybrid. So uh, to do that, you have to have a, a robust infrastructure so you can drive coast to coast. And right now, unless you're in a Tesla, you don't have that. So this helps get, uh, get us there. Yeah, we were having a discussion um, in one of my groups about uh, there was a news article that came on and the guy was saying how nervous he was to take his electric Jag to evacuate from Florida. And I pointed out that I've evacuated at least five or six times, uh, sometimes in my Model S, sometimes in my Model X, sometimes in cars that are owned by Tesla. I didn't think anything of it. I just charged up the night before. And then, mm -hmm. you know, on our way out, we supercharged and, and it was easy. Mm -hmm. But I, after some of the stuff we've heard about the, the, the older uh, infrastructure, I would be concerned as well. But with this, that would, you know, if they can do it as well as Tesla's done it, that would be a, um, a no-brainer and uh, brings about a certain kind of future for us. I really That's hope. Right. Uh, I really hope, as Patrick has mentioned, that that the states that aren't too experienced with it uh, have cheated and got together with fellow states uh, to indicate, you know, best practices and such. Um, I hope they've looked at all the different requirements, uh, you know, such as uh, having. Having a place to uh, rest that's open 24-7, that has restrooms, mm -hmm. that has uh, food options, uh, mm -hmm. besides just elevation and uh, things of that nature, that, that's very important. Restroom, uh, a trash a, can, and a squeegee. Yeah. We had, yes, we amenities. Had, uh, yes, we absolutely. had a Drive Electric Week event happen last Saturday, and there was a few people talking about how they were nervous about having an electric vehicle traveling across the country. And and not really knowing if uh, where they were going was going to have a uh, charger that was working, that was uh, not uh, blocked, uh, or that was in a 24-hour safe area. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we know that some of the early infrastructures, some of those uh, groups weren't even thinking about those options. Uh, and uh, there, are, there are questionable chargers out there. Uh, when it comes mm -hmm. to safety, when it comes to being open 24-7 or having access to a phone line or help uh, or, or restrooms. Uh, and it's something that, uh, that I hope all the states uh, consider as their plans move forward. 
All good things to think about. Yes. So that we can move into our future free from fossil fuels. Exactly. (laughs) We we started on superchargers. We ended up on everybody's chargers. (laughs) That's right. Yep. Full circle. Full circle. Well, with that, uh, we uh, would like to thank you for watching. If you haven't already, please give us a thumbs up. Uh, Press that subscribe button if you haven't already. Uh, through the week, you can follow us on our Twitter feed at the Tesla Life or our Facebook feed, the Tesla Life Numeral One. And uh, with that, uh, Casey, any shoutouts for this week? Yeah, um, I, I finally started uh, editing some videos again. Uh, none of them were worth putting on the, the channel, except for uh, on Sunday, YouTube cut me off, <laughs> and so I had to end up putting Why? a little more. Uh, I think it was technical error because uh, when I got the recording of the show. Like uh, the the screen share portion, it was at one frame per second, so it was like a twelve hour video, even though the the, the show was only three hours long. And Weird. so I had to right, I had to do some editing to get that all back in, and then I put it up as a as a as a one contiguous show rather than a part one and a part two, because uh, I find nothing more annoying than you know you're off doing chores, listening to somebody talk, and then you got to go find where part two is before YouTube does the autoplay and puts you somewhere else entirely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, but you can find that at uh, youtube.com slash Casey Green. That's K-A-C-E-Y-G-R-E-E-N. Um, I, I recorded a little something on unboxing the Starlink High Performance. I don't know what I'm going to do with that. I might just talk about it. I might just put it in one of these shows. I, I don't know yet, but uh, uh, I've done an unboxing. And um, I think I might just kind of put that up like as a short or something, because how many people have, have seen the business dishy? Good Nobody. Point. Yeah, yeah like it's not not many people. Or you've got both of them, so you could just put yeah. them side uh, <laughs> together. Show the differences. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Definitely. Next, Patrick, what do you got for shoutouts for us here at the end of the show? As always, I'm with the Oregon Electric Vehicle Association. You can find us at oeva.org. And last time on the show, Mark, you asked me a question: How many times? Did, was, did my u- local utility use the, my virtual power plant? And uh, so I blogged it. You can find that at carswithcords.net. Uh, yeah, that, you can see the answer there. I called it my virtual summer. <laughs> <laughs> the interesting thing is in total battery usage, it was about the same as my Model X. They used about one Model X worth in total over the whole wow. year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, over over that period of time, and that was uh, that was the whole summer, or was that spring as well? That that uh, actually, so they started doing some tests in January. Those were pretty small, but then when when they got to July, they were using it for real. Okay. Yep, and those are all in there. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us, Uh, Jim, uh, Derek, Hockey Day, JT. Uh, thanks so much uh, for joining us in the chat room and participating and uh, we appreciate you all and we'll together next week we'll get together and find out what's going on in the Tesla life stay positive test negative thanks Lee Moon <laughs>